All right. Well, good. It's always hard to stop the fellowship time. So um, please stay around afterwards and fellowship with one another as well. Uh, it's great to be together today. Um, so special to be able to worship, take and receive communion. And um, I, I want to share a message today, and I'm hoping um, we'll bring encouragement and will bring life to us. Um, I wanted to share a little bit of a story, uh, and then I'll get into some of the scripture and some of the things that we want to look at today. Um, but uh, part of my story has to do, and, and is a, it's a picture that the Lord's been giving me over the last few weeks, and uh, hopefully it'll resonate with you. But um, every summer, there's a group of us uh, that try to go backpacking in the Wind Rivers of Wyoming. There's a big mountain range uh, up in Wyoming. It's a really long, beautiful, um, rugged area. If you've ever seen like the Lord of the Rings movies or you've seen pictures of New Zealand, it's just this remote, beautiful, majestic mountains everywhere. But you're really out in the middle of nowhere. You're out by yourself. There's no cell phone coverage. You're at about 10,000 feet. And there's lakes and just this these rugged mountains. And so, uh, on day two of our backpacking trip a couple of years ago, there were a group of us that decided we want to leave base camp and we want to go on this long hike and go out and go see some parts of the Wind Rivers we'd never seen before. And uh, a few of us in the room were were, were on that trip. Unfortunately, uh, actually, there's several that that uh, are in our community that were on the trip, but they're not actually here today. So we got up that morning and we're like, okay, let's get a map out. Let's figure out where we're going to go. And we started mapping out the trail and we're like, oh, this looks like it's about 12 miles round trip. We better get going. And um, so we start out, man, we were excited. I don't know, it was nine or 10 in the morning. And we go and we, um, you know, we're kind of going over hills and we leave kind of the area that we've been familiar with. There was probably a couple mile area that we'd been in. And we started going into the unfamiliar area and started going. And, and fortunately, we had maps and we had kind of figured out where we were going. And we just start navigating up this canyon and we go to lake number one and it's beautiful. And then you can see the fish. And then we start hiking up the river to go to lake number two. And between lake number one and lake number two, Grace DeGrief, who's in our community, she decided she was going to try to catch fish in the river with her hands. She was amazing. She did it. Uh, if you ever want to uh, talk to Grace about how to backpack and catch fish in a river, uh, she was tenacious. So we got up to lake number two. It was bigger. It was more majestic. Some of us went around, some of us decided to ford through the, the river to get to the other side so we could get up to lake number three. And we got up to lake number three. And by this point, we're running out of water, but we've got these life straws, if you've ever seen those. So we're sucking, well, uh, I'll get my life straw out and I'll bend down and suck water out of the lake and it purifies it. Well, probably didn't need to, we were at about uh, 13,000 feet, nothing's up there. Um, and at that point, it's about three or four in the afternoon. And we wanted to go one step further. And one of the guys that was with us, Aaron Galvis, he said, if we can just go right up there, he said, it's the most beautiful view I've ever seen in my life. And the group is like, oh my gosh, let's try. So we start, and he said, it's 45 minutes. Well, about 20 minutes later, it still looked like it was 45 minutes. And we decided, we better turn back. So we decide to turn back because we know however far we've journeyed that day, we've got to journey back to our base camp. We got to get back. 
and calculating how long is it going to take. Yes, it's faster going downhill, but it's going to get dark. So to summarize, um, as we're or to speed up the story, we, we decide not to try to make the summit. We're exhausted. Even the dog that's with us is exhausted. His paws are worn out. And we decide we're going to head back. And so we start the journey back. Uh, and I want to say it was about a seven-hour journey back. And this was about three in the afternoon. And as we start journey, we had had so much excitement, so much fun. It was the most beautiful thing. Well, the last two hours of our trip home was like this. I brought my headlamp. It's black diamond. All right. Uh, but this is what we did on our way back for about the last hour or two. We could no longer see it. It had gotten dark. Fortunately, by the time we got, we got back into some familiar territory, but we were exhausted. I want to say this trip was more like 15 miles, 16 miles. It did not feel like 12 miles. And we were dragging. And towards the end, we were just one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other with our headlamps. Fortunately, there were about six of us. So uh, we had multiple headlamps and we could see where we were going, but we could, we were trudging, we were trudging and we were trudging. And uh, it, it was amazing how different it was going out in the morning with sunlight and returning exhausted at night with just these things on our head. And uh, it made me think a little bit um, about uh, a passage of scripture I want us to look at today out of Psalm 119. Psalm 119, it says this, and we'll look in verse 105, but it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And, and Tom, go ahead and take that off for now. We'll read the whole passage here in a minute. But this idea about the word of God being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I, I uh, titled my message today, Navigating in the Dark. Last week, Sarah spoke about us being on mission, and she talked about NASA and, the, and, and astronauts being out on mission, but needing this command, this, this Capcom group that did the communication with people so they could know, hey, adjust this thruster, release this thing, do this thing, uh, this idea of being out on mission. And what's been resonating in me a lot lately has been this passage about the Lord's word being a light to our feet a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And that passage resonates because it talks about navigating in the dark, walking in the dark. I'd like us to explore this a little bit today. I'd like for us to think a little bit about navigation in our lives, how we navigate life. What I like about that passage and I like about the story in Wind Rivers is that you have both um, big picture navigation. We got up in the morning, the sun was shining, we got out our maps and we said, that's where we wanna go. We wanna go to this place we've not been before. We wanna go up these lakes. And, and, and we had maps, we had light and we were able to get there. But there was a different type of navigation that we needed when it got dark. When it got dark, we needed these headlamps. We needed to have a general sense of, are we on the right direction? We needed to know where to set our foot next. It, it, it was a very much a shift. And, and I feel like uh, I've done some brainstorming with others on this passage before. I've talked with Mark Francis. He loves this passage because it speaks about the idea of God giving us both specific light, 
where do I put my foot? That word lamp in this passage, the Lord's word being a lamp to our feet is almost like a candle. It doesn't throw light very far. It's, it's very much immediate light for where I put my foot next. But you think about more general light, light to our paths. How are our paths lit up? Could be by the sun, could be by a lot of other ways, but you have this idea that your light or your, your, your path is lit up in a big sense. We're going to go to that mountain. We're going to go to this place we've not been before. And we've got maps and, and we've got desire and heart and calling. We want to go there, but we also have to get back. We also have to be able to walk in the light and we have to walk in the dark. And I believe the Lord wants to encourage us and remind us today that he has light for us, both light for the big, the sun in the daylight where we're going, and he has light for us in the dark. Where do I put my foot next? Where do I go next? What decisions do I make next? How do I avoid falling off that cliff? How do I avoid stepping in? Well, out there, you could step in a lot of stuff. How do I avoid stepping in it? In our lives, we have both this big picture navigation and we have this hour by hour, day by day navigation. And admittedly, I feel like the, the, the big picture navigation, sometimes it's, it's more fun. Man, I want to move there. I want to do this. I want to get a degree. I want to get a job. I want to travel to this place. I want to see change in my family. I want, it, it, it can take on this big picture stuff. Sarah spoke last week, the Apollo missions, they're astronauts. We want to go to the moon. That's the big picture stuff. It's like, yeah, we want to go to the moon. If you've ever watched that Apollo 13 movie uh, about that mission, if you recall, one of the, one of the astronauts was going to go and ended up, and they had to monitor the astronaut's health so closely, so closely. And there was one astronaut that ended up testing sick. I don't remember what it was, if you guys recall. And that disqualified the, the astronaut from being able to go up. There were millions and millions and millions of day-to-day -day decisions and activities and things that happened in the execution to get to the moon. There were many, many steps Lamp steps, lamps unto our feet, steps that had to be taken. So for us, I've been, I don't know if, uh, if some of you might be familiar with the old school Amy Grant song. I know Ray Lynn would be. Um, the thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Do you hear that 80s uh, electronic keyboard <laughs> synthesizer playing? Um, but that idea of God's word being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And of all the songs to get stuck in your head, I can't get that one out of my head for the last weeks. Pray for me. <laughs> but I feel like this song represents a cry in my heart for me personally. And I'm wondering for you too. I talk to a lot of people and I hear common things like, man, things are crazy. I'm not sure what's going on. How do I navigate life? How do I make day-to-day -day decisions? Not just how do I navigate job or school or those things, but how do I navigate my emotions? How do I navigate my mental health? How do I navigate my inner life? How do I navigate relationships? 
Can things just stabilize so I can get my bearings? Can, can uh, that song we sang today, I know the night won't last. Man, we know the night won't last. And I love getting up in the morning in, that, in the Wind Rivers and seeing for 50 miles and seeing around me and seeing all these places that I want to go. And I believe the Lord has both for us. He wants to both have the light dawn and let us see big. And I also believe he's, he wants to bring his light for us, helping us to navigate in the dark. So what does that look like? This navigating in the dark for me, it's looked like a lot of prayer lately. It's, it's looked like going in my bedroom and laying on my face and saying, Lord, what are you doing today? How do we make these decisions? How do we walk this road? How do, what about my kids? How do we navigate this? What about these challenges? How do we navigate this? It's a lot of prayer. And not, not prayer like, oh man, I got to set up 10 minutes in the morning so, so I can have my relationship with the Lord. It's more like a desperate helpline all the time. Lord, what are you doing? What do I do next? It's where do I put my foot next so I don't step in that hole, step off that cliff? And I love what this psalm says, and we'll look at it in more detail. But it says, your word is a lamp and a light. God's word is a lamp and a light. And I want you to take a minute and think about words. We're going to talk about God's words today. God's words to us being light. God's words to us being lamps. Think about words. Words shape so many things. Words shape our identities. You were given a name. It was a word spoken in your life. Words shape our identities, how people relate with us, good and bad. Words shape our identities. Our world is shaped by words. Our worldviews are shaped by words. Our kids, our relationships, our families, they're shaped by the words that we use, the words that we speak. When we speak words, words that we speak over ourselves, words that we talk about, think about, mull over, man, I'm always this way. I do this. I'm really bad at that. I hate this about myself. Words, we, we speak words over ourselves all of the time. Words shape our lives. They shape our identities. They shape our inner selves. They shape our relationships. Words shape our direction and our navigation. We'll see in some of the scriptures we look at today, words are equated oftentimes with light in the Bible. And I believe God wants to remind us and he wants to speak over us and he wants to spend time ministering to us in ways that shape his words shaping our lives. We're not going to be able to navigate the big things of life and we're not going to be able to navigate the day-to-day -day things of life if we don't understand God's words towards us. 
the words he wants to speak over us, the way he thinks about us, the way he sees the world, God's worldview, the way God wants to shape how we see things. So the psalmist says in this Psalm 119.105, he says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So I'll stop there. Why do we need lamps and lights if it's daytime? I think the psalmist is specifically writing about darkness. He's writing about this idea of being in a place of darkness. That's where the Lord's light comes. He comes and he finds us in a place of darkness and walks with us. He takes us from a place of being in darkness and sets us on a light path. The Lord comes into our darkness and brings light. But I like that idea with being a lamp. It doesn't mean necessarily that the dark season's done or the dark circumstance is done or that the night is over. It means that the Lord is walking with us in it, guiding our feet, giving us the revelation that we need. This Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses. Aren't you glad we're only looking at eight verses today? And it's, it's broken into 22 sections. And it's all done by the, the Hebrew alphabet. So there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And what the writer did was take, uh, a, in our equivalency, A and write eight verses, and then B and write eight verses, and C and write eight verses, just like that. So we're in the 14th letter of this Psalm 119, and it's the letter uh, Nun or Noon, uh, the 14th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's, it's specifically focused in what we're going to read here. So let's read it. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I'll obey your righteous regulations. I've suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They're my heart's delight. I'm determined to keep your decrees to the very end. Amen. I love the psalmist's recognition of God's words being light. God's words being lamp, God's words giving them the sustenance and the direction. My life hangs in the balance. I've suffered so much. But you just see the psalmist returning and returning again, saying, your laws are my treasure, my heart's delight. I've determined to keep your decrees to the very, the very end. This holding on to the promises, this holding on to the light of God's word, holding on to what God says. So I want to think about this idea of God's word for us, God's word for you being both the big light words in your life and the day-to-day -day words that you live by. And I want to remind us of some examples, two examples in the Bible. 
And David being one of those examples, he wrote a lot of these Psalms. King David, so much is written about King David. And I want to I give you a picture with King David. The Lord anointed King David to be king when he was a teenager. And the Lord came and said, you're going to be the next king of Israel. I've anointed you to be shepherd over my people. That's the big word. That's the, I'm going to go to that lake. I'm going to go to that new river. I'm going to go to that new place. This is, this is his identity. This is what the Lord's saying about him. And yet his journey wasn't a direct, it's like, okay, that's great. Let's go, let's go on your path. Let's go to the best schools. Let's go to do this. Let's go to do that. Man, he goes on the craziest journeys, his craziest day-to-day lives. He ends up killing Goliath. He ends up having favor with the existing King Saul, but then jealousy. And that King decides he's going to try to kill him. So he's got to run for his life and hide in caves, go and live in the land of the Philistines, go hide in all sorts of different places. I wonder if, if this is what David had in mind, like, man, Lord, you've, you've given me a light picture. You've given me this amazing future. You've given me these promises. You've given me this future, but man, I'm, I'm kind of living in a cave right now. I'm kind of not sure where my next meal is going to come from. I'm kind of not sure what this day-to-day, how to survive this day-to-day life. That's what I love about when we reading scriptures and reading the stories. And we're going to see here in Romans, Romans talks about scriptures producing endurance in us because the, the stories we read about God fulfilling his promises to his people are never linear, are never A to B, are never shortest distance between two points. They're usually a long journey of faith. They're usually a long time of trusting their Lord. They're usually a lot of headlamp work. It's like, okay, where do I step next? Where do I go next, Lord? Direct my steps, direct my path. The Lord speaks those light words and those lamp words. Think about the apostle Paul. Paul said, I want to go and I want to preach the gospel wherever no, wherever no one has gone before. Did that make sense? No. I want to preach the gospel in places that no one else has gone before. I want to go to the Gentiles. I want to go somewhere where no one has gone before. Star Trek. Yes. Paul's Star Trek vision. And man, that guy, um, I'll read a snippet here of things that he endured, um, But I love when I read in Acts and it says, I wanted to go there, but the Holy Spirit didn't let me go there. I had to go here. I couldn't go there. We were thwarted here. It didn't work out there. And he endures and he endures. He says this in 2 Corinthians 11. And he, he knows it too. So he's got a little bit of arrogance in this. He says this, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. 
I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Amazing. And then he goes on in verse 30. He says, if I must boast, I'll boast of the things that show my weakness. I love that. He even says, once I was lowered in a basket from a window in a wall and slipped out of the city. And as we, I've talked to so many people who've been reading and in and, and these times, picking up scripture and reading scripture and encouraging themselves in reading the words of God, because they're, they're reading stories that they can relate with in way new way, in, in, in these new times and relate with in new ways. They can receive the encouragement of God's faithfulness in dark times the Lord navigating us in dark times, not leaving us, giving us headlamps to walk and navigate in day to day. The Lord wants to give us and continue to encourage us with those big words and those big promises. And he wants to give us strength and sustain us to live in the day to day. As people, we're forged, our lives are forged in the day to day. And sometimes we can despise that. We can despise what the Lord's doing, but it's, it's, it's where our endurance is formed. It's where we learn to trust the Lord in what the Lord does day in and day out and day in and day out. Until all of a sudden, man, we're doing things we never dreamed of doing but not because we went after those big things. We believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises, but because we trusted in the Lord day by day by day by day. I like this quote by Dr. Catherine Meeks. She's, she works as an executive director of a ministry in Atlanta called the Absalom Jones Center for Racial Healing. And she says this, I love this quote. The main thing is to do the next thing. I've been doing the next thing all my life. You do the first thing and then you do the next thing. And before you know it, you are way down this road and you don't even know really how you got there because you've been taking a step at a time. And I feel like we're in a time in which the Lord wants to encourage us not to stop, not to sit back, not to wait, but to do the next thing and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And he's going to give us strength to do that. I saw a meme the other day. They're really always helpful and funny. <laughs> and it said, the uh, people in 2016 who made their five-year plan, they all got it wrong. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. One of the things I've uh, I've worked some in IT and in software over the years, and one of the things that I've seen in business is that a lot of IT budgets and IT planning and technology planning used to be five-year plans, seven-year plans. Where are we going with IT? They, they've kind of done away with that long-term planning in the IT world because technology is changing so quickly. Their plans are annual, maybe one or two-year plans. We want to get from here to here. But the development of technology is happening so quickly that there's not long-term planning. People, we had to become so much more agile at times with the, the velocity and the speed at which things is changing. 
And man, I believe the Lord says, I want to meet you in this place of change. I want to meet you in this place where maybe you don't have the five-year plan figured out. I don't have the one-month plan figured out. How about you guys? I think the Lord wants to train us in this time to hear his voice and walk with him in new ways. We might be experiencing difficult circumstances, physical, emotional, mental, financial, relational. The Lord wants to be a lamp to our feet. He wants to develop a strong inner life in us. The Lord wants us to learn to walk in our current circumstances and to trust him to deliver us from and bring us through them. We have an opportunity in this time to develop this relationship with the Lord like is no other. Unfortunately, these kinds of things burn out. The batteries burn out. I remember being on not this trip, a different trip, and I was... I was up late at night and I had my flashlight out and I was reading and it was challenging. And I had this uh-oh moment of like, I've got to be here two more nights. And my battery started dimming. And I was like, oh man, this battery is not going to get me through three nights. It's only going to get me through one night. The Lord's light's not going to dim for us. I like reading the Psalms because the Psalms reflect so much of the day-to-day struggle. They reflect both the bigness of God, the greatness of God, but they reflect, Lord, why have you abandoned me? Why am I so downcast? Where do I go in this valley of the shadow of death? I feel this, this has happened. I've been betrayed. All of these things that we experience Man, the psalmists have recorded it. We get to read the journals of the psalmists that record the Lord being a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. So areas for us in navigating life. We live and die based on these words based on on words that we hold on to and the light that we hold on to. And the Lord wants his words to be the loudest in this time. Doesn't mean that all of a sudden nighttime becomes day. It just means that he's giving us light. He's giving us light. So types of light, types of words in the Bible. What does that mean when we say the word of God is a light to our feet, a lamp to our path? I just want to give you three things to think about that you can grab onto for light. What are the words? What is the light that the Lord has given us? First and foremost, Jesus talks about being the light of the world. In John 1, Jesus is referred to as the word. It says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love that. Jesus is this light 
Jesus is this light. When we want to see how Jesus navigated, when we want to see how Jesus talked, what Jesus did, how he spoke, his words, his teachings, in Acts it says everything that Jesus did and taught. Jesus is our light. And what's amazing is that Jesus, um, he says a couple of things in John, and I'm just going to go quickly through them. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In this time, Jesus' teachings are lights for us. Jesus' teachings are lights for us in this time. Dig into the teachings of Jesus. Dig into the words of Jesus. The second thing that Jesus says here in John 15, verse 7, he says, Yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such, such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Remaining in Jesus, Jesus's words remaining in us, his words remaining in us. A light for our times, Jesus's words remaining in us. And then Jesus says this, this is amazing. He, he doesn't just leave us words on a page. He doesn't leave us words on a page, and, and that's our relationship. He says this, I'm telling you these things now. Jesus is talking to his disciples while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. Remind me you of my words. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And Paul talks in other places in the New Testament of like, I'm, I can't even pray. I can't even use my words. I'm just groaning. I'm just, Holy Spirit, give me direction. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, remind me of the words of Jesus. Remind me of the peace of Jesus. Remind me that the Lord gives and says, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Your light's not going to burn out. You might spend the night out on the mountain and get up in the morning and then realize, oh, wow, I was way off. But the Lord will never leave us. The teachings and words of Jesus, the life of the Holy Spirit with us. And throughout the the. The, the, we have this canon, we have this scripture, we have these stories, we have these examples of God being faithful for decades and decades and decades and centuries and centuries and centuries. This is a story about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. And the Lord wants to use his scriptures. It talks about in Hebrews, the word of God is active and alive 
sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Eric was talking about that in communion. Lord, what are the thoughts and the attitudes of my heart? Where are there wickedness in me? Where do I need to change? Lord, where, where do you want to heal me? Where am I speaking words over my life that are just from the enemy, that are just lies? They're lies from my family. They're lies from the enemy. They're lies from culture. Lord, am I speaking over my life the, the words that you want to speak over my life? What are those words of his faithfulness towards us? His, that it, there's not condemnation. That his, his kindness leads us to repentance. That he's, he's patient with us. He is long-suffering with us. His love endures forever with us. What are the words that we're speaking over our lives? In Proverbs 6.23, it says this, For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life. And the Lord wants to give us light, correction, instruction, guidance, day-to-day, in the big picture and in day-to-day. So what has the Lord given us? He's given us the words of Jesus. He's given us the person of the Holy Spirit. He's given us scripture. He's given us one another. I love this story in Acts 13. When we talk about navigating in life, it says this. One of these days, they were in the city of Antioch. Men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for this special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, they laid hands on them and sent them on their way. There was, there was even direction in the community. We're, we're meant to navigate life together. We're meant to navigate life in community and in relationship. In these times, find some people that can be praying with you doesn't have to be everybody. You don't have to tell everybody, well, this, these are, you want to hear my top five that you could be praying for? There needs to be a couple of people that are interceding with you and praying with you, asking the Lord. What I loved about our trip at Wind Rivers is there were about six of us. And so we could be like, hey, we could see some stuff with one another. Hey, your shoe's untied. Hey, you're dripping water out of the back. Hey, and, and all of a sudden you're all looking at each other and you're helping one another navigate. None of you have anything bigger. This is it, this is all you got. But man, we can see blind spots on one another. We can pray for one another. We can intercede for one another. I wanna encourage you in these times. What does this look like? Man, prioritize meeting with the Lord. Reading his words. Groaning with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Crying. Call out to the Lord all times of the day. Share your needs and prayers with others. See the Lord's work and begin to recognize it. The Lord's not not at work. The Lord's not not active. The Lord is active. And you know, how, how is the Lord going to have you come and shine your light for others? How is he going to come allow you to bring others along and care for others. But don't do this alone. I know I've talked to so many people in these times 
that are spending time, they're like, I'm, I'm meeting with a counselor now because I've got to figure out some things. I'm meeting with a therapist. I need help to talk about some things. I need to process words. I need to figure out words over my life. I need to figure this out. Uh, I'm excited this week, Sarah and I get to go meet with someone and talk and just talk about things, talk about words, talk about what's going on in our lives. We all need that. We need to be processing and talking and asking the Lord to bring light in these times. I read a quote recently about this. I'm almost done here. I'm wrapping up. Biblical faith, this is a quote by David Biven, says this, biblical faith is not so much belief in someone or something as persistence. It's hanging in there in spite of circumstances. But faith is also a recognition of our dependence on God. Faith is both a recognition of our dependence on God. God, if you don't have the light on the path when I'm at 12,000 feet, six miles from camp, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to make it. If you don't show up and give me this, the Lord is like, be dependent upon me. Cry out to me. Groan. Trust me. I'm going to be a light for you. I'm going to be a lamp for you. I'm going to guide you. It's hanging in there. It's persistence. This quote made me think of this passage in Romans 15. And it says this, for everything that was written in the past, everything that was written, the words that were written in the past to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Leave, leave it there. We'll go to the next slide in a second. Thanks, Tom. But it says that, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures. Did you ever think that the scriptures were written? One of the reasons they were written was to teach us endurance. Think about that. They're, they're written to, to teach us endurance. To hear the stories about Abraham and Sarah, who didn't have a kid until they're like 190, like really bad timing. To hear the stories of Joseph, to hear the stories of David, to hear all of the different stories to hear the endurance of the Lord and the patience of the Lord. The Lord is long suffering. The Lord is patient. The Lord is slow to anger. We live in a time and a place and a season. We live in, a, in an era of the Lord's patience. The Lord is showing his patience so that all can come to know Jesus. So the, the words the light, the lamp, man, endurance. How many miles do we walk at night with this thing on? I don't know. I don't know how long your night is. I don't know how long my night is. I don't know how long all of our different night, nights are going to be. But we must endure. And we must receive the light that the Lord's giving us and walk in the light that he's given us. So the next verse in verse five, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and with one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Man, 
That is who we walk with day to day. We walk with a God who says he's going to give you endurance. He's going to give you encouragement. He's going to speak the next word that you need to know where to put your foot. He's going to help you navigate through difficult times. He's going to give us visions of the lakes that we're going to go to in the future. He's going to walk with us faithfully day by day by day by day. So let's stand and and we'll close in prayer. I want to ask the Lord, God, in this time, can we be intentional about seeking out God's words over our lives in this time? God, what is it that you're speaking to me where I put my foot next? Lord, can we develop a consistent practice of listening to you? Can we focus on the Lord speaking over our inner life, over who we are? You know, the astronauts couldn't go to space if they weren't healthy. Man, the Lord has health for us. The Lord's not just about accomplishing a mission and your life accomplishing something. The Lord is about bringing about fruit in you and out of you and bringing healing and wholeness to us. Lord, help us to celebrate both victories as well as consistency. We should be celebrating hanging in there. When we were walking two miles in the dark with our headlamps, we were a little bit like, man, you guys are doing awesome. We're doing awesome. Just like one foot. We weren't celebrating that Grace could catch fish in the river with her bare hands. We're like, just keep walking. Do you need some water? Just keep walking. We've got to celebrate that. The Lord is going to provide light for us in every season, in every season. And he's going to give us what we need to endure. So, Lord, we just come to you this morning and we thank you, God, that you have given us the Holy Spirit. You've given us the words in life of Jesus. You've given us these faith stories recorded in scripture. Lord, you've given us so much. And Lord, we admit, we feel like we're stumbling around in the dark. We feel like we're navigating in the dark. We feel like we need revelation. We need it every hour. We need it every day. We need you to speak over us, Lord. We need to live with the light to our paths and the lamp to our feet. Would you be that for us? Lord, we want to be dependent on you. We want to be honest and vulnerable with you. We want to trust you in new ways. And Lord, we ask that you develop endurance in us. In Jesus' name, amen.